You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome into a Thursday edition of Crunch Time. I'm Blaine Vietor filling in for Matt Miguez, who's getting some much deserved time off. We still have a ton of fun expected for you on this Friday Eve. Oh, yeah, football, NFL action starts tonight. We're going to talk about that matchup of the Buffalo Bills and that, and excuse me, and the Los Angeles Rams that you can hear right here on the game. We're going to give you a little fantasy insight too when it comes to that ball game, as well as the entire weekend. We're also going to talk about LSU trying to bounce back after just a disastrous performance a week ago inside the Caesars Superdome. We got some high school action we're going to get to, as well as the Raging Cajuns playing at home for the second consecutive week. And you can win tickets to that game, too. We're going to give you all the details about that. We also got a few guests lined up for you that's going to break down all the action, starting with Rhett Manuel of the Acadiana Advocate. He's going to join us at 4.30, and we're going to talk all things prep football. He's going to let you know maybe some things that surprised us in week one. What can we look forward to in week two? And who are some surprise teams to look out for as this season progresses? At 5.15, my main guy, Joe Dupree, the sideline reporter for the Southern Jaguars and the host of the Jaguar football show with Coach Eric Dooley is going to join us, and he's going to break it down for us as the Jaguars make the short trek from the Bluffs in Baton Rouge over to Tigers Stadium on Saturday night in the historical bout for the first time ever. LSU is going to face an HBCU squad in Tigers Stadium. And then at 5.30, my guy Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com is going to join us, and we're going to talk about the Tigers, maybe some things that did go right. On Sunday night, there were a few. What they could build on and what can we expect as the season goes on for Brian Kelly in year one. And of course, we want to get all of you guys involved. So hit us up on the game hotline at 337-706-0111. And if you want to see this beautiful mug, you can head on over to the simulcast if you're here in the Acadiana area at Stadium 32.3. And of course, on 133LUS Fiber. My guy, James Mesh, though, he's still with us. We only give one off at a time. Can't let both those guys go. Somebody has to be here and hold down the fort. And the good guy that he is, James Mesh, is here with us today. James, my dude, you're, I know you're a fantasy freak when it comes to NFL fantasy football. This is like Christmas morning for you, right? Oh, yeah. My guy, a little technical difficulties with the mic, but we're going to fix it up. He's so excited, I think for the action that's going to start tonight, and we're excited to bring that action to you right here on the game. I, I, I drafted my big league last night, so fantasy football is fresh in my mind. I'm going to go over my team with y'all in hour number two and kind of let y'all dissect it and nitpick it and tell me if I was good or bad on that squad that I drafted. We are going to get you guys involved, too, if y'all head over to the Twitter machine at the game Louisiana. We want to know what you guys are most excited about. Over this weekend, are you guys excited for the start of the NFL season and what the Houdats are going to have against the Falcons on Mm -hmm. Sunday? Are you guys excited for LSU bounce back against Southern? How about the Cajuns, national TV featuring Eastern Michigan? Are the Magnese Owls headed, excuse me, the Magnese Cowboys headed over to play the Rice Owls? Want to hear all from you guys. So if you head on over to 
the game Louisiana on Twitter, you could get in on the action. James, you got it all fixed up over there? Am I good now? Yeah. You're good. Okay, okay. we can hear you. All right, yeah. I was going to say, I am super excited. You want to know how much of a f- fantasy freak I am? Tell me, I joined man. RP3 and Company's League five minutes before their draft. Hey, my guy said he needs more action. <laughs> he needs more action, so he's getting involved as well. And How about the action that the Astros had last night? Let's touch on that real quick while we have some time. They walked off the Texas Rangers 4-3 to in extras on a wild pitch. Hey, you got to take victories, especially when you get to this point in the season, any way you can to keep the division lead in double digits against the Mariners and to keep that five-game cushion in the American League. Kyle Tucker, oh, he's still been really, really good in this last stretch. Three-run booyah last night to keep the Strohs in it as well. James, tonight's matchup is huge. I mean, you couldn't get two bigger teams, right? The the Bills and the Rams. I mean, you're talking about defending NFL champion and Buffalo, who was so good, maybe have the best quarterback in the league in Josh Allen. From a betting perspective, minus two and a half, over under 52. Are you surprised that, that Buffalo's the favorite? I'm not. Okay. I think they're the most well-rounded roster. That To me, they have a top three quarterback. You've got one of the best receiving cores in the league. Your line is above average, and then the defense, looking at it, it's, it's pretty good as well. It's, it's, it's up there as well. And you, you like Sean McDermott as a head coach as well. But the thing is with the Rams, we've been talking about it lately, and it's become more of a cause for concern, is the tendonitis for Matthew Stafford. Is that going to affect him? He claims no. Of course he does, though, right? I was going to say, of course you do that. But until we get on the field and it looks like you start to play like Ben Roethlisberger of last year, it's like, okay, well, maybe maybe it is affecting you. So it doesn't surprise me at all that the Bills are favored because to me, even though you got a lot of talent in L.A., Super Bowl hangovers are real. They're very real. Yeah. Money line right now, uh, Buffalo minus 135, the Rams plus 110. A lot of money going, though, on the Rams. Way 58% of the coin being bet right now headed towards the Rams. I, I think first game of the season, Super you know Super Bowl blues, a little hangover action, as, as you said. Maybe cause for concern. I'm not as concerned with, with, with Stafford. I, I think he'll be just fine. He's a gamer. He, he's battled through injuries his whole career. Um, the, the man doesn't sit out. He's a trooper. He gets back there and fires the football. I think he'll be just just fine. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of surprised, though, that that much money's headed their way on the money line. But if you look at this point spread right now, plus 2.5 to the Rams, and the percentage of money, though, is 54% is headed towards Buffalo's way. Over under 52? I'm, I don't know, man. I, I kind of like the over here, and that the, the betting public definitely agrees. 82% of the money are, is on the over. Where, yeah. where are you at on that one? Uh, I, a lot of fireworks on that field. I don't care how good the defenses are. Yeah, I think ultimately it becomes more of a mid to high 20s game. So at that point, it's over. You, you get the over. Yeah. Uh, unless there's unless you just kind of have it to where last year where you have a very explosive offense in the Rams and the Bengals, but they only combine for 43. So it it might come down to it, but ultimately for me, hearing the 82%, that does worry me a little bit because like maybe I do get the under. Maybe it does become a 27-20 game. Maybe a 27-23. 
Look, in modern day football, that's kind of a weird over under to me. Fifty two. I think it should be maybe just a touch higher. Um, just, just the way modern day football is played, right? It's it's totally different. Even good defenses at times are giving up points in the twenties on the rig. So, um, I was gonna say one pass interference call sets them up for the goal line. <laughs> one one fifty yard pass nothing, interference call. Nothing brings back the NFL. It's rewarding quarterbacks for bad throws. Yep. Ain't nothing upset me more than rewarding quarterbacks for bad throws. Working back for the football, defenders in excellent position. Hey, that's a, not a 15-yard penalty. That's a 52-yard penalty. <laughs> yeah. First down. <laughs> Which I can, I can understand the argument for either or when it comes to the penalty. Like, oh, it's always got to be either like 10 or 15 yards or call it by the spot because it's like, look, if they would have completed it, it would have been a 50-yard pass. Yeah, but just rewarding the bad throw, you know, it yeah. just kind of upsets me a little bit. But, uh, look, I'm excited about the NFL. I'm excited for some high school football. We're going to have some high school football on our families and networks tonight. Um, we got two ball games. Southside is playing tonight. That's going to be over on uh, Mustang 107-1. And the good buddy Craig Wall is going to fill in for our guy Matt Miguez, who's going to be out. He's going to join Stevie P in the booth on that call. And, of course, we have the St. Landry Parish Game of the Week on 98.5 FM, and you can head over there to listen to RP3 and my guy, Chad Jones, over there. So, look, football kickoff is real week two, high school, week two of college, and, and the kickoff for the pros. Uh, what, what are you guys more excited about? And head over to the Twitter machine at the game Louisiana and join in on the fun. Of course, you could join us up on the game hotline at 337 James, in your opinion, you did high school um, show last week on, on the post game. Mm-hmm. Were there some some shocking results? Or are you still trying to figure out who's jockeying for position early in this year? I'll be honest. I understand LCA is a good program, but the fact that they shellacked the Acadian Rams, that one did catch me off guard. I thought if Acadian was going to lose, it'd be like a three point one score game, but no, it was by seventeen. That one. That one really got me, I'll be honest. Our guy Kevin Foote told me a few weeks back, he said, man, look at this Acadian, a backfield is loaded with athletes. Yep. He thought it was going to be one of their better teams. The defensive backfield, though, not up to the task for the Knights. They were able to chunk the football pretty well all over the field. Um, I, that one surprised me a, a good bit. I think everything else was kind of par for the course. Maybe maybe Cecilia over St. Martinville. Um, I, I know uh, Cecilia went to the uh, – what? quarters last year so I knew they were going to be having a good team I just heard about coach Vince Derwins at St. Martinville Tigers all off season what they were building over there I thought they were going to be um, the team to beat in that 3A district uh, I, was, I was kind of surprised Cecilia went on the road and beat them last week yeah that, that one was pretty interesting to say at least so we're still figuring stuff out not only in high school college ranks as well you know coach Billy Napier and company shocking Utah mm-hmm. at home in the swamp that was a good ball game. Napier's got the Gators playing really well, really focused. He might not have a good roster yet. Roster still needs some tooling. But, hey, preparation is key. We'll talk more about Billy Napier's Gators, too, as we continue the show. Uh, any other – I mean, look, Georgia just shellacking the Ducks um, <laughs> yeah. was a bit of a surprise. I, I knew you know Georgia was going to return a lot, and they, they recruit so well that they were going to be um, – favorite in that ball game but to come out and just perform the way they did and to put Oregon away with ease um it, it did surprise me just a just a touch um NFL this weekend um I I it, it's tough on the betting side early in the season for me I'm not looking to play any games 
uh, this weekend. But from a fantasy perspective, it's pretty exciting. Uh, you know, you, you draft a team, and I, I try to tell people this all the time. Don't get caught up in where you drafted guys, especially early in the season. Oh, man, I drafted this guy before this guy. I got to start him. No, hell no. You got to play the best matchups. Start that week one. Get yourself in that routine. Get yourself in that rhythm so you don't bite yourself in the behind and have to play from behind all season long. Are you a firm believer in that line of thinking too, James? Yeah, I like that a lot because even in some of my drafts, I took players like Sky Moore, Ramondre Stevenson, who they don't have a solidified role just yet. It's going to take a little bit of developing. I took them a little higher because I like their upside than maybe some others that I would just start right now because they'll be good to start the season, but when it gets later in the season, it may get a little more foggy. So I completely agree with that. And guys bouncing back from injuries on new teams, guys are figuring out their role and how they're going to be used. Um, Look, go with the proven guns, go with the better matchups. Don't fall for that. I drafted this guy in the seventh round. He's my third receiver. I have to start him over the proven commodity that you drafted in the 10th. Don't don't fall for that. Go with the guy that you know is going to get you the points. Everybody falls in love, too. That's another thing, like, like you just mentioned. Guys fall in love with upside players. They're going to reach and go get a guy that they think is going to be great. Not great yet, but they think he's going to be the guy. Don't fall for that foolishness this early in the season. Let that guy prove himself. Go out and play the proven commodity and get your points. What we're going to do right now, though, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk Cajuns and the big matchup this weekend at Cajun Field. So stick right here. Plenty more action on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Attention sports fans, your favorite sports book, BetUS.com, back for its 28th year of NFL action. With the industry's biggest sign-up bonus of up to 200%, BetUS offers their members the opportunity to cash in on all your favorite leagues from the NFL, NBA, MLB, and more. Also, hundreds of new casino games, including the coolest European slots and live dealers waiting for you at the tables. You need a sports book with integrity. You need a sports book with longevity. You need to know that you're going to get paid. Plain and simple, you need a sports book that offers everything from live betting to MMA, golf, horses, esports, and all kinds of crazy bets. Call today at 1-800-79-BET-US. That's 1-800-79-BET-US. And they're going to walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the industry gives better bonuses than BETUS. Join now and mention KLWB to score 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Head to BETUS.com to join today. And don't forget to mention promo code KLWB. That's BETUS, where the game begins. Right back into crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. I'm Blaine Vietar filling in for Matt Miguez, and we're having a great time on this Thursday afternoon. We're ready to talk a little Raging Cajuns. They bring their nation-leading 14-game win streak on the line to face Eastern Michigan on Saturday at Cajun Field, and we want to send you. James, how can the good folks win these tickets? The way you win these tickets is by... is by direct messaging me on either Twitter or Facebook. But what, what you're, you're going to be answering a trivia question, and that question is going to be, what year did the Raging Cajuns start playing at Cajun Field? You just got to DM me your answer, at Yami's Mesh, 
Y-A-M-E-S-M-E-C-H-E on Twitter. And then just James Mesh on Facebook. And my profile picture is me eating that Alvin Kamara cereal with my Alvin Kamara jersey on. My guy eating the Alvin Kamara cereal. I love it. Eastern Michigan Eagles come into Cajun Field fresh off their victory over Eastern Kentucky a week ago, 42-34. to They're able to come away with the victory at home. I think they're going to face a little bit different animal when they face the Raging Cajuns over in Cajun Field on Saturday. They were uh, pretty good through the air um, on, on Saturday. The, the Eagles, 271 yards on 21 of 30 attempts. It seems like that they, they want to be a, a team that likes to throw the football just a little bit. They only rushed for 124 yards on the ground on Saturday. I, I think the Cajuns are going to overpower. Um, I, I just don't see Eastern Michigan being able to keep up with UL. I think last Saturday, I, look, the score might not, you know, get everybody all fired up about starting the, the, the Matt Desimo area, but I, look, the victory. They got it done. That was a sneaky good Southeastern team that you played, and you were able to, to come away with, with the victory. I, I think the Cajuns are going to be just fine. 11 and a half point favorites at home. Over under 56 and a half. A little bit of a bigger number than I was expecting there, Mr. James. Um, of course, Chandler Field's going to lead the way for the Cajuns. Um, last week on the through the air, 173 yards. And Terrence Williams, running back, coming in with 61 yards on the ground. The big guy, though, they got it done. The playmaker, five receptions for Johnny Lumpkin for two touchdowns on the day on, on Saturday this is not a game that I expect to be particularly close. I actually like the Cajuns to cover here, James. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm expecting the Cajuns to handle this game pretty easily. I'm kind of leaning on the under when it comes to that 56-and-a-half. That one, like you said, seems a little high. Yeah, look, these are two offenses that are trying to figure it out right now. They're not exactly lighting the world on fire. I, I like the Cajuns' defense. I, I think that this is going to be a, a game that um, defense is going to kind of set the tone. I think Cajuns will be just fine rushing the football. Chandler Fields will do just enough through the air to win this game by man, anywhere between 15 and 17 points. I, I think 11 and a half covers where, where it's at. And uh, I'd probably lean the – man, I don't know if I lean the – might lean the under here, though, with, with, with James. If you guys want to tell us – what you guys feel about not only the Cajuns game, but what excites you for this weekend, you can head over to the game, Louisiana, and hit us up and let us know, hey, is it LSU versus the Southern Jags? Is it the Houdets taking on the Falcons, Cajuns, Eastern Michigan, or McNeese facing the Rice Owls? And if you really want to get in on the action, you can call us up on the game hotline at 337-706-0111. And if you want to win tickets... To the big matchup against Eastern Michigan, hit James up in the DMs. I don't. My man's asking y'all to slide in the DMs to let him know the first year the Raging Cajuns played at Cajun Field for two tickets to the game on Saturday versus Eastern Michigan. James, any action yet? Is this your attempt to get a date? Is that is that what we're doing here? <laughs> no, no. I just didn't want to worry about getting the call in while also doing the show. I just, okay. I thought it would be easier Slide for me to do DMs. Just, yeah, hey, just, maybe you're used to checking the DMs. Maybe the DMs are always active for you. You are correct. There you <laughs> go. 
<laughs> having all kind of fun over here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on this Thursday afternoon. Look, join in on the fun. We want to get you guys in. Call us up on the game hotline at 337-706-0111. We, we could talk some, some Tigers, too, in the second hour. We, we're going to talk to Rhett Manuel of the Acadiana Advocate next segment. We're going to talk some high school football. But, look, we're, the phone lines are open for high school, Cajuns, Tigers, Saints, fantasy, NFL in general, whatever you want to talk about, make sure you hit us up and join in on the party. I think that majority of the folks right now, rightfully so, leading the poll question are excited about Saints-Falcons coming in at 47%. Doesn't surprise me one bit. You're playing your biggest rival in week one to start the season? Man, what's not to get jazzed up about I know you're excited for fantasy to start tonight, James. It, it, tell me the, the excitement level for fantasy in general and then the excitement level on, you know, when looking at Saints-Falcons on, on Saturday or Sunday. Oh, with fantasy, it's probably about 11. <laughs> <laughs> probably about 11. Uh, I'd probably say about 10.5 with the Saints because, I mean, it just feels like it's been forever since we had football. And the, and the fact that so far, the Saints are relatively healthy. So... You have something to be excited about. Hopefully, we don't have to worry about the Saints having to start 58 different people and have a gajillion injuries throughout the year, which makes it less enticing to watch because now you got to watch pretty much just practice squad players out What's there. What's your one, if you have a nervous point going into Sunday, what is it? Nervous point? Is what, it depth along the offensive line? The line, I'm not too concerned with right now considering the Falcons don't have a super crazy defensive line. But you're one injury away from... I mean, who's your your swing guy now? Swing guy, you you may try and get Landon Young out there. Since you got to start James Hurst at left tackle, you may try and get Landon Young some reps. That's my point. (laughs) You're one one play away from him being out there each and every play. So if that's for me, it's my biggest question mark heading into Sunday. Mine is seeing what the receivers look like for New Orleans because Michael Thomas is coming back. Are you buying it? Like, what are we going to see from him? Like, what version of Michael Thomas? I drafted him in one of my leagues. That, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. Because was, For great value, for ex- excellent value, I got him. As opposed to Matt Miguez, who likes to draft him in the third round. Yeah, I didn't get him anywhere close to the third round. Yeah, no shot. <laughs> but that that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about because you have Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry. This is their first year. Being with the Saints, and then you, it, but Jarvis, Jarvis is a Grizzly veteran. I'm not worried about Jarvis. Chris, maybe you know it might take some some adjustment time. Jarvis is ready to go week one. My guy doesn't miss games. Been in the league since 2000 and what 13. I mean, he's he's ready to roll. Yeah, I j- it's just the receiving core as a whole. Since Mike's coming back from injury, you don't know how injured or how healthy he is. He says he's ready to go. But apparently he's been limited what feels like this whole offseason and all of training camp, and he never played any preseason, so we haven't seen him yet. That's my biggest cause of concern in just seeing what Chris Olave looks like, especially with all of them being together with Jameis Winston on the field. I, I get coming back from the injury that not playing in the preseason thing just is a thing of the norm now. You know, that's pretty much what all the stars throughout the league's done. Um, I don't like to see guys get reps. I think I said that last time I hosted here with you is you, you got to see live rounds you got to see how you're going to play when the bullets start flying, when those guys are coming at you. Mm-hmm. you, you look, that's different. You tell me, oh, well, look, we did joint practice. B.S. Don't give me that. I was going to say. That's nothing. It, them whistles are quick. 
it's it's half ass tackling. Yeah, and look, they they're they're coming close to the quarterback. They they blowing that whistle super fast. You're not you're not getting those hits. So um, I, I don't buy that. I I, I think eventually you're going to see guys start to play more in the preseason as it goes on. But I look, I'm with you. We got to see him bounce back with what he's going to give you. Well, how explosive can he be coming off of that type of injury? And you know, can Alave take the top off of defenses? That's what the Saints have lacked recently is, is somebody to take the top off. They haven't had that. Can they have that this year with that core group is, is a great question mark. I have no questions for this defense. None. I think this defense is locked and loaded. I love the two deep. I think they're deep on all facets of the game. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll with the defense. I think they're going to lead the way on Sunday. Oh, yeah, you're going to have to lean on them, especially early on while the receivers and Jameis Winston and the offensive line just gel together and develop over time. Yeah, the, the offense will take a little while to gel, I think. Uh, you know, I mean, hey, look, your boy Alvin Kamara hadn't played in the preseason either, right? He played He played in the final one. He, he played, did, yeah. He played right. the first drive. You're right, first drive. Um, touch or two. He, uh, he's ready to go. Though. Look, he, they got to get him involved early and often. Um, the stats are staggering, uh, the amount of touchdowns. Um, he's had versus the rest of the league. I mean, he's he, he's the guy. I went out and got him in one of my leagues in the second round. I, I reached a little bit, but I thought he was good good value for me there. And I, look, I like proven commodities. I said that in the first segment. Give me guys I know are going to put points on the board. And AK47, you know he's going to do it. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And, and he looked really explosive and had a lot of bursts when it came to those few touches that he had in that Chargers game. For sure. We're going to take a quick, quick, quick break. And when we come back, my guy, Rhett Manuel of the Acadiana Advocates is going to join us, and we're going to talk all thing prep football. So stick right here. Ton of fun to be had on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back into Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. I'm Blaine Vietar, filling in for Matt Miguez, and we've been having a ton of fun with you as we rush into football weekend on this Thursday afternoon. And we want to rush back out to the game hotline to bring on our next guest. My guy, Rhett Manuel of the Acadiana Advocates, is going to join us, and we're going to talk some prep football. Rhett, how goes it on this Thursday afternoon? Oh, man, it's going well. How about you, my brother? What's going on with you? Can't complain at all, man. Super fired up for some football. And for the high school folks, that starts tonight. Last week in week one, we saw some surprising uh, results. Uh, Tell us some different things that maybe stuck out in your mind uh, that nobody was expecting week one. Well, when I started looking at things from week one, one of the matchups that stood out to me, doing previews, talking to Apple versus Catholic, you know, he talked about, the tough non-district schedule he was going to play with Oak Grove coming in last week. I honestly expected for OC to really come out and, you know, really compete and maybe even win that game. Well, that game ended up being 54-18 in Oak Grove's advantage, which really told me one of two things. Um, Number one, that Oak Grove team, doesn't matter the classification, they're going to be a beast and they can definitely challenge Manny in that class. And number two, 
I don't think we should count out Opelousas Catholic just yet. That's a team that last year surprised a lot of people coming out with a new offense. Previous years, they had run a high, high-paced spread. Last year, they came out on this flex bone, and they brought pretty much everybody back. So what I wouldn't say for Opelousas Catholic is to feel like they're not going to live up to that hype because they're absolutely going to compete and have a strong chance of winning that district that they're playing in. But, yeah, that result last week just sort of surprised me with how strong Oak Grove looked and how small they looked made OC look in comparison. And a lot of folks want to talk about the big matchup last week, and that is uh, that Kitty and Eric and Rams traveling to uh, Lafayette Christian Academy. And, you know, Lafayette Christian Academy has been a, a juggernaut at the 2A level or the, the, the Division three and Division four level um, on the select side. Uh, moving up to 4A this year, they, it still seemed like that was a pretty big step for them to face the, uh, you know, Acadiana uh, Reckon Rams, who's probably one of the best uh, programs not only in this area but the entire state. They were able to, I wouldn't say manhandle, but win that game pretty comfortably. Listen, man, that was a 38-21 game, and I had the same thought you did about LCS. Like, moving from 2A to 4A, can they really handle it? And to be honest, we should have known better knowing Trev Falk, knowing how he has that program prepared on a weekly basis, knowing the sort of talent that they have. For them to come out and win that game 38-21, you said maybe um, not as dominant as the score score may have indicated, but still a super comfortable win for LCA and just lets us know that, hey, no matter what happens, in 4A they are going to be a player. They, They just will. And we're not going to take anything away from, from Acadiana. I think they're going to be just fine, right? Um, maybe you need to shore up a little bit in the defensive backfield, but that offense is going to be humming as that season progresses. Listen, that offense last week, I mean, they're not going to do the same things they did last week. You know, they threw two interceptions. They lost two fumbles. They had multiple blown assignments. You know, that's not characteristic of Acadiana. It hasn't been and it won't be. You know Coach McCullough is going to have them there on a weekly, weekly basis. You know that in all likelihood, what happened last week against LCA will be corrected and will likely not happen again this year. So they're going to be just fine. St. Thomas Moore last week started the season with a big victory um, over Como and did it in fashion. Uh, th- this is a, a STM team a lot of people thought could be a building year for them. Um, maybe a little young at some key positions, but looked like the offense for Shane Savoy and company was just rolling early on. And, you know, that's what they're going to do. You know, I wasn't able to um, see much of that game last week or really follow it in great detail, but, you know, it's STM. You know, if they're going to do one thing on a year-to-year basis is they're going to score points. They're going to have an explosive offense, whether they're going a little bit more run-based, like I think they were expected to do this year, in replacing Walker Howard or, you know, having a guy who can air it out a little bit more like they have in past years with guys like Jack Besh and Tiger Besh and different guys like that. But it's STM. They're going to do what they do. They're going to score those points. They're going to be in those positions and win those ball games. You know, they're going to be just fine, even if it is a little bit of a building year. A building year for STM is a different standard than it is for other programs. The Westgate Tigers fresh off of their state championship and Ryan Antoine's guys didn't miss a beat. They beat crosstown rival Nish like a drum last week, led by Texas commit Daryl Williams. Uh, excuse me, Derek Williams. He, he's, he's a stud. He's the best high school player I saw a season ago. Um, what's your thoughts on Ryan Antoine's Westgate Tigers? They're going to just keep, you know, just are, are they here to stay? Are they just going to be one of those types of programs now? 
they were preseason number one for a reason. You know, they've uh, this started several years ago. You know, Keishawn Butte was there. And, you know, even before this program was built at the level it is now, this was always one of those programs where in years past they would have a 6-4 and four year, but yet somehow would end up, you know, quarterfinals, Class 4A, Class 5A playoffs. You know, now this program has arrived. They have that coach who is starting to build that winning pedigree, starting to build that belief. Won the state championship last year. And, you know, and despite losing guys like Danny Lewis last year, who ended up committing to Alabama. You know, this team, they're going to keep it rolling. I think they're here to stay because, um, you know, that is the that is the standard-bearing program in New Iberia. Now, you know, New Iberia, niche for as big of a school it is, hasn't had that tradition in years, and they lost their head coach, Kurt Ware, this past offseason. You know, Catholic's coaching best left. You know, it's kind of taken a slight step back. So, you know, in terms of elite teams in Acadiana, West, Westgate is definitely there, in my opinion. It's like basketball on a football field, just athletes everywhere. Give it to them in space and let them work. Let's flip our attention to um, week two of the high school season. Uh, t- tell me some matchups in your eyes that you're kind of eyeing. All right, one that I saw, you have a contrast of styles. You know, you see Avoyles and Turlings going at each other. Avoyles, over 600 yards rushing last week, over 20 yards a carry, had 3,000-yard rushers a year ago. Um you know, runs this unique double-wing offense, which is slightly different than a wing tee. Everybody's tight, no real receivers. Against Terling, who for years and years, you know, whether it was Sonny Chaponche or Dan Chaponche, liked to air it out, liked to throw that football. So that's going to be an interesting contrast in styles, in my opinion. Um, moving around, another um, matchup that is going to affect, you know, both Southwest Louisiana and Lake Charles area. And last year, you know, Barb and Karen Crow opening district this week. Karen Crow, past few years, state championship a couple years back where they beat Carr. They're going to do what they do running that beer. Going against a Barb team that after Hurricane Laura a couple years back, you know, is starting to rebuild themselves. Last year, Jamal Levi, their wide receiver, you know, had a great year. Lightning fast guy that can go ahead and get on the outside, going to make some plays for them. That should be an interesting one to look at. And also looking at – um. Southwest Louisiana and kind of meshing another area. You have Eunice and Jennings. Eunice last week lost 25-12 to a good Church Point team. Really just kind of coughed it up at the end with a couple of turnovers. Going against a Jennings team, that's, you know, this is an old rivalry. These are two teams that are going to go with each other. They both like to run the ball, so that should be a hard-nosed game as well. Wrapping up right now with Rhett Manuel of the Acadiana Advocate over on the game hotline. Rhett, what, what some surprise teams, maybe that we're not talking about right now, but later in the season, they could shock some teams and make deep runs into the playoffs. I'm going to give you one right now that you may not be expecting, that Sacred Heart of Ville Platte. Last, week, this, last year, that was a team that had a lot of seniors, went 9-1 and and made the quarterfinals in Division Four, and they lost a lot of seniors, so people expected them to just sort of take a step back by default. Well, last week against Ville Platte, they won their rivalry game 44-0, and they moved the kid this offseason from wide receiver to quarterback, a kid named Hayden Jordy. Well, that kid accounted for five total touchdowns last week, 100 yards rushing, 100 yards passing, great arm, electric with his feet, has some playmakers, some guys that are kind of growing into the roles that they didn't have last year. You know, that's a team that I'm expecting that even though they didn't come with a lot of preseason hype, should start to build a name for themselves by the end of the season. 
Rhett, where are you going to be tomorrow night? What press box are you going to grace your presence with? I am actually um, going to be in Ville Platte covering Badville and Ville Platte for uh, uh, my job at the Sports Center of the Ville Platte Gazette. So I'll be there tomorrow night. All right, Rhett. Well, appreciate your time, man. Look forward to chatting with you as this season goes on. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for your time. Rhett Manuel there joining us and letting us know about what high school programs you need to keep your eyes on as this season goes on. I, I'm pretty fired up tomorrow. You know, I'm going to head over to Lake Charles and cover um, Karen Crow and call the game uh, Karen Crow versus Barb right on Z1059 with, with my broadcast partner, Ben Love. And I, I'm excited because this is a, to me, this is a statement game for Karen Crow. They, they went on the road last week and beat a really good Ash program. Um, kind of get the season started and they were up 21 nothing in that game and they, they end up winning by a couple scores pretty handily they were comfortable late in the game I, I think this is a barb team that's going to be much improved kind of like Rhett just told you uh, after a couple you know didn't have a team a couple years ago because of COVID and hurricanes last year kind of figuring things out um, smaller roster due to some hurricane issues this year they're back to normal speed I watched them play against Iowa in the Jamber, excuse me, in the, the scrimmage. I saw some film on that, and I didn't come away that impressed. But then last week, they played Lagrange to start the season, and Cruz, they were up like 41 to six at half or something like that. So I'm, I'm excited to see what Karen Crow can do, especially opening district play on the road in Lake Charles. I, that's, that's one to watch for me, as well as STM. And, and Alexandria Senior High. I think that's going to be another good game with Alexandria Senior High coming back over here into Lafayette area. Um, let's see if STM can keep it rolling on, on that side. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, James and I are going to break down some fantasy matches we like. So don't go anywhere. Stick with us on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Had a rough day at work. Got lady problems. Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. I'm Blaine Vietar filling in today and having a lot of fun with you on this Thursday afternoon. NFL action starts tonight as we're going to have the Bills and the Rams right here on the game. Don't have to go anywhere. Could get all the action right here tonight as we kick off the NFL season. And when we talk NFL, that means we got to talk my guy, James Mesh, his favorite subject, and that's fantasy football. I want to put myself on Front Street, James. I want to tell you a little bit about the team I drafted last night and let you tell me how terrible I am or how great I am. I think it's going to be the latter. I look. I, I I took some guys. I might have took a chances a little bit, but I, I I dude. I like my squad. I really do. Um, I in the first round, I went get my guy Justin Jefferson. Yes. I I went. I had him circled. I had him circled. I went and got him. I had the fifth pick, and I went get Justin Jefferson. They had other guys ranked ahead of him still available, but I said this is my guy in this new offense. He's going to get a lot of balls. He's going to make plays. I think he's going to end the season wide receiver one. What say you? I agree because you're getting the former Rams offensive coordinator being your head coach. You saw what happened with Cooper Cup last year. To me, Justin Jefferson's a better talent than Cooper Cup. So 
I think we're going to see Cooper Cup type numbers, but maybe even better. He and he has some some different options too to kind of take the the eyes off of him, right? You know, I, I look Adam Thielen's a steal. I, I try to get him later in the draft. He, he's been going his value for where he's been going has been outrageous. I, I try to scoop him up. He went a little before I could. Um, I ended up getting Michael Thomas in that spot, so I was okay <laughs> with it. Um, but I also picked up uh, Saquon Barkley in the second round, and I'm huge on Saquon this year. That's... Off the injury, my guy catches balls out the backfield. He's explosive. I'm pretty fired up to have Saquon in my backfield. That's my ideal first two picks. So, so far you've been doing amazing. Because that's, in my eyes, that's that's going to end the year with wide receiver one and running back one. I mean, if I do that, I should win my league, right? Yeah. We just might as well have the party now. Everything else is lining up. And then I went and got, I might have reached a little bit, but in the third round, I went get Mark Andrews. No, that's not bad. Most people are actually drafting Andrews at the end of the second, early for early third. So I, I picked him. Kelsey went off the board. I went and got Mark Andrews. I think there's a big difference after you get past the first three or four tight ends. And I think the top two in Kelsey and Andrews are head and shoulders top two. So you're, you're telling me good stuff so far, right? Oh, yeah. You're, you've killed it so far. <laughs> I'll tell you uh, my, a few of my other guys. Just I, I can't remember round by round right now. But I got Russ, Russ uh, Wilson, a mm-hmm. quarterback. I, I think I like what he brings there. And then you look um, offense. And what do you think about Brees Hall? For me, Brees, he might be able to do something at the end of the year. But right now, it's kind of the same thing with Ramondre and Sky Moore. Like, he, he doesn't have a carved out role yet in it's the Jets like how often are they going to be able to run the ball so that's the question I I went to wide receiver happy and I I, that's what I was left for my RB2 and keep in mind what's scary about it is in this league we only have four bench spots oh so this is a very action waiver wire league that is going to be our trades you know there's a lot of transactions in a league like this um, I think I'm going to be using the waiver wire at some point to get some running back help. But I, I like what I got at wide receiver. The outside of Jettis, I got Cortland Sutton, I got Juju Smith, I got Christian Kurt, and Devonta Smith. I'm loaded at the wide receiver spot. I like your wide receivers. So, so Devonte was your your fourth or fifth receiver because you got yeah, you got yeah. Justin. Jettis one. And uh, number two is actually Cortland Sutton and then Juju. Love Cortland, especially to pair it with, with, with Russ, Russ. right? And then you got Christian Kirk as your three. Yeah. And then well, you, I, you. Are you not a big on Juju? I mean, now that he's with Kansas City? Here's the thing I, I think he could return to what he did before early on his career with Big Ben before it fell off. But. Mahomes, he, he, he spreads he, he the can, rock, man. He spreads the rock. And he also it was like, I apologize to all fancy owners. I mean, the wide receiver, it's almost going to be kind of like the Patriots with the backfield and receivers. You never know who's going to have that big game. So you like Christian Kirk, actually. Oh, I like Christian three. Kirk a lot. Okay. Because Trevor Lawrence likes to throw out the slot a lot, and Christian Kirk's a, a slot guy. And you paid him $17 million, so I would hope you would get him the ball. You're going to also approve of my defense. I got the Saints as my defense, and I got Matt Gay as my kicker. So I, I think I'm solid at both positions there. Yeah, you're looking pretty good. I'm 12 man. I think I'm, I'm I'm sitting pretty nice. Oh, at worst, I would probably say you would finish third, and that <laughs> and that's really lowballing you. 
I absolutely love it. My guy, I, I knew he would shoot me straight. He's giving me all kind of fantasy advice. We're going to step aside for the last time in the first hour. But when we come back in hour number two, we're going to talk LSU and Southern. We're going to have Joe Dupree, Southern sideline reporter at 450, at 515, and Mike Scarborough at 530. So stick with us right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back in for hour number two of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. I'm Blaine Vietor filling in for Matt Miguez and having a great time with you on this Friday Eve. My guy, James Mesh, he's keeping it consistent behind the glass and keeping us in check. We've had a lot of fun so far. We talked some prep football with my guy, Rhett Manuel. We broke out some key teams from week one, what he's looking forward to in week two, and some teams to watch down the stretch as well. In this hour, we're going to talk a lot of LSU versus Southern. Historical bout in Tiger Stadium on Saturday night. First time Southern takes the trek from the Bluffs over in Baton Rouge over to Tiger Stadium. We're going to talk to my guy, Joe Dupree at 515. He's Southern's sideline reporter and the host of the Southern Football Coaches Show with head coach Eric Dooley. He's going to join us at 515. He's going to talk about what this game means to that program, what this game means to the city of Baton Rouge, and what can we expect from the Jags Saturday night under the lights at 530. My guy Mike Scarborough is going to join me, and we're going to break down the Tigers even more. What are we looking for in terms of improvement from week one to week two? You know the old coaches speak. The team sees the most improvement over week one to week two. They saw live action for the first time and live speed for the first time. This will be their opportunity to kind of build on that. And we saw them with flashes, especially in the second half, get a little better. I know there's a lot of talk about how bad the offensive line was, how bad Keyshawn Butte was, how the run game was non-existent, how the defense struggled to get off the field on third down. All valid points. But there are times that you, you got to see some good in the ugly, right? you got to find good and things you could build on. Look, Rome wouldn't built in the day, folks. It, it takes time. I, I think this LSU program is just going to be fine. There's still some cultural things that need to change. They still have to retool this roster. Look, when Brian Kelly got here, he had under 40 scholarship players in Baton Rouge. He had to retool this roster, hit the transfer portal, sign a deep class of high school kids. He has to get this thing going better and better. And some of these young guys that are playing are being put in opportunities that they haven't quite seen yet. Let's not, you know, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Before saying all is lost. I mean, look, is LSU going to go 10 and 2 this year? Probably not. Is LSU going to go 9 and 3? Probably not. But can they get better each and every week and improve and build on something for the future? Absolutely. I think that what Jaden Daniels showed, his poise in the fourth quarter, his way to march the team down the field, 99 yards, was, was beautiful. Now, we've also saw him, especially in the first half, maybe be a, a little. A little premature when it came to trying to run out the pocket, ran himself into some pressure at times. Was the pocket great? No. 
The offensive line was awful in the first half, especially the right tackle, Cam Wire. But there's some good things. Will Campbell struggled at times, the true freshman from Neville. But guess what? There were times that he looked okay, looked like he was battling, looked like he was picking up the speed better. This cat was hurt a lot last year in high school level. It's going to take him time to get acclimated to big-time college football. I also think that this game against Southern could do a lot for LSU's confidence, mainly the wide receivers. Those guys had a tough game. Couldn't get down the field. Jaden Daniels couldn't stay in the pocket long enough to throw the football down the field. Kayshawn Butte struggled to get involved in the game. Missed the touchdown pass. And look, I, I'm not saying it was a drop on that first drive, but he had two hands around the football. That's a play a big-time player makes. I think everybody can agree. We all thought Kayshawn Butte's big-time player, and he still is. Got to get him involved early. Got to get him building some confidence. Malik Neighbors. I want to talk about atrocious special teams. I think my guy Malik Neighbors is going to bounce back. He's too damn good of a player not to. My guy is going to make big plays for this LSU team as this season goes on. I think the kicking game's got to get a little better. I know, look, two true freshmen, Emory Jones and Mason Taylor, along that left hand side of the line of scrimmage, where the leak came from on the mix extra or the blocked extra point and on the blocked field goal. Two true freshmen. And I know you can say, oh, well, Blaine. You get taught, you know, peewee football. Don't let the offensive, you don't, don't let the guy cross your face. Don't let him inside. It happens. Things are coming at you fast. I thought Mason Taylor looked really good in the passing game, getting involved. We heard Brian Kelly talk about him in the preseason after camp broke, saying, man, this guy's good. He's a surprise at camp. I'm going to get him involved in the offense. And he did. Big first down to set up the, the touchdown to Jare Jenkins. On the untimed down. Huge play by him. Even though he didn't get out of bounds, big play. Break a tackle, get the ball to the sideline. He got involved in the passing game. They're going to continue to get him involved in the passing game. I like what you saw from him, but as a blocker, boy, he left a lot to be desired. Again, first time playing college football. It takes time to get acclimated sometimes. It'll be okay. I want to see more from the run game. That's what I really want to say. Not establishing the run with the running backs. Look, they let Jaden Daniels run all day, right? Over 100 yards on the ground. We told you a few weeks ago when I, when I hosted the Jordy Oberg show, if Jaden Daniels is your leading rusher, that's probably not a good thing. And guess what it was on Saturday or Sunday night? Your leading rusher. Didn't get Noah Kane involved in the run game. Saw flashes from Amani Gillen. Got to get those guys touches and get them involved. When John Emery comes back, you got to get those guys going. Got to run the football. Let's see. And look, the offensive line struggling. Let's do some misdirection. Let's see some. Let's see some counters. Let's see some some reverses. Let's get the balls, you know, on, on a sweep. Let's get Keyshawn Butte involved in the run game. Malik Neighbors, guys that you know are athletic and dynamic with the football in their hand. Let's get those guys involved. There's different things that could be done. Look, LSU's offensive line last year, garbage, horrible. Then they go and play a Florida team, and they were able to do some different things that we hadn't seen them do all year, right? Pull the guard and the, the tight end around, multiple plays in the drive. What did it result in? <laughs> Ty Davis-Price, LSU's all-time leading rusher in an individual game. You got to try some different things. Let's head out to the game hotline, and my guy T, 
T, how goes it on this Thursday afternoon? Oh, good and you, bud. How you been? Hey, I'm fantastic, man. We're inching closer to the weekend. NFL starts tonight. Week two of high school and college. I'm I'm fired up, man. It's the best time of the year. Are you going to the the game this weekend? Yeah, I'm gonna go, man. I'm excited. I look. I don't miss too many of them, T. I, look, I'm. Well, I know that. I'm a true that guy, I man. I I don't. I'm, I'm not fair weather over here. Well, look. If you don't go and tailgate everywhere, because they're going to have so much good food on that campus, it's going to be unbelievable. The atmosphere for tailgating is going to be – they might have as many people tailgating at LSU Southern than the biggest SEC game that you can imagine. It's going to be I'd that agree. hectic on campus on Saturday. I'd agree. Now, two LSU's team, um, I mean – they're going to be a work in progress, you know. Against Southern, I'd like to see them run the ball or at least try, you know. Not just be uh, throwing the ball all over the place. So that's just my opinion, but I think we win easy. Oh, I, I think you're right. I, look, this is a team that you're going to overmatch and overpower, and you're going to probably be able to run the football down their throat. But do it. Go out and prove it. Prove you're going to run the football. Prove you want to run the football, and show that on film. I mean, you, we got to we got to be more than than one dimensional. Got to get guys involved. Can't just be one show. Put Jaden back there and, and let him run for his life or, or throw short passes. They got to got to do something different. Oh yeah, because uh, he's going to end up getting hurt. Yeah. So anyway, well look, enjoy the show, man. Uh, y'all have a good one. Appreciate it, T. My guy, T. I always love it when T calls, man. That that's. A staple when I host a show in T calls. I, I appreciate appreciate it each and every time, T. Always. And, and I like the positivity. On the defensive side for the Tigers, there's a lot that I didn't like. A ton. And I'm hearing BJ Ojolari not going to play on Saturday. Don't the, the X-rays came back okay. They're going to hold him out till state next week. Don't freak out. No BJ Ojolari this week. But I, I look, Mason Smith getting hurt, this awful. The guy was poised to have a breakout season. I, I really thought the guy was going to be All-American type candidate. He has that kind of talent. For him to get hurt, non-contact injury, you got to feel for the kid. Push that aside, LSU's defense on, Saturday, on Sunday was kind of a mixed bag. I, look, I've seen people overly critical of the defense. They were on the field the whole damn game, James. They, they couldn't get off the field on third down. Partially their fault. But the offense didn't do them any favors. Those guys stayed on the field over and over and over again. Couldn't get off the field. Third and eight, third and nine, first down Florida State. Couldn't get pressure, couldn't get home. The backside of that defense makes me concerned. Doesn't look like we got dudes that want to make plays. I I thought Jay Ward played okay. I thought Major Burns played pretty well. But to me, the most disappointing unit on the defense with the linebackers. Look, Mike Jones, been hearing about it. I don't see it. It felt like there was passes going across the middle every single time. And and one thing that does infuriate me when I'm watching defense is watching either like the linebackers or safeties or corners. They want to try and get that hit stick, so they use their shoulder. (laughs) It's like, just wrap up, dude. Wrap up. You're going against a 6'6 tight end. You're you're 6 foot 210 at most. Wrap up. Grab grab his knees. Get him down. Short tackles. Short tackles. You saw Jay Ward do it a couple times. 
Major Byrne, excellent tackle. That's what I, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Jay did it at least three times. It's like you're letting the tight end and big receivers get extra yards. Body you. They had that kid six seven. That transfer kid. Yeah. <laughs> Sheesh. Made you look silly. Yeah. So I, look, I I think this defense just like the offense work in progress in the back half of the secondary. Takes a lot of communication. You got to gel together. Got to got to talk. Got to got to know where the next guy's at. Pass the guys off from zone to zone. You'll see they get better as the year goes on. But I just didn't see dudes, especially on the perimeter. Didn't see guys. Gardner from UL. I was gonna say I thought Makai looked okay. Probably the best out of the bunch, right? Yeah, and and he wasn't otherworldly, but I I think he had a better game than the rest of the secondary. Probably the best of the bunch of the perimeter guys. Yeah. I I think that unit's going to have to get better and better as the season goes on. I, it's it's going to take time. Yeah, a lot of time. As far as punt returner, and I know we touched already and, on Malik. I, and Brian Kelly said that he's still going to stick with them. Yeah, they're going to stick with them. I, I think you might see a couple different guys, though, against Southern. I think they're going to stick with neighbors and – I think you start off with him in the first half and then the second half. You might see Sage Ryan back there from LCA. I, I, man, I would like to give Jack Besh a shot. He's so strong after the catch. Yeah. I, look, Malik Neighbors is going to make plays. Kid had a tough, tough time. I, I, I feel for him. I feel for that guy. I, I wanted him to make a big play down the stretch. But what about Jarrett Jenkins, man? That guy just, every time you look up, he's making plays at the wide receiver spot. We talk about Butte, we talk about Brian Thomas, we talk about Malik Besh. Harry Jenkins is like, hey guys, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he was the one who's who scored. Two touchdowns. The, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I was gonna say Brian kind of steps up every once in a while. You like when you least expect it's like, oh, there you go, there goes another Brian Brian Thomas catch. But and Brian Thomas is a big fella, man. They gotta get him involved more in the red zone. And I, I feel like I didn't see Jack Besh enough. Which I feel like would work. One catch. Yeah, one catch, five yards. Like, I know you got Kayshawn. You want to try and get him involved, but it's like, I, I like your idea of maybe trying to put Jack out there on punt return because it's like, I got, I got to see him more. He, got, he got did, to. he did a lot last year. Why, got why to. is he all of a sudden not getting catches? At least he's gonna, at least he's not, at least he's gonna catch him and rail him in. Unlike what Kayshawn was doing, you still got to get Kayshawn his targets and hopefully he brings him down, but. You got to give more than just one for, for Jack. They they gonna have to get him involved and a lot of people involved, and that's gonna really re- revolve around the offensive line, giving Jaden more time to throw the football and sling that pill around. You can't like he's he's got to get more comfortable and stay in the pocket a little longer. I I know it was breaking down quick, but there were times he was leaving before it broke down. You want to talk about a clean pocket? Go look at the touchdown pass on the untimed down. Yeah. To Jerry Jenkins, I don't know where that line was the whole game, but what a, I mean, he had a, a wall around them to make that throw to Jerry. And then, and then even with the touchdown, it, it felt like Jaden took a little too long with that throw. Like you should about you, a second too long. You should you should have hit Jerry as soon as he made that cut on that slant. He had to throw it high because he waited so long, and by the time the ball was out there, it had to be high because it was in the middle. Yeah. Because Jerry was he was moving so fast, like. You got to hit it faster. Quicker, quicker. You had double slants on that left side, and Jure was open. You got to hit him on that as soon as he breaks. And it, it kind of took a little while. I'm glad they scored the touchdown. But it was like, need to get that out a little faster, yeah. Jaden. They're going to work with him. They're going to work with him on it. 
We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, my guy, we got we got one thought right now? I was going to say, but I want to get to this real quick. Looking at FanDuel. If you want to start off right, you got to start off and kick off week one with FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. Join today to get $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up using promo code KLWB to get in on the action. Then you can turn game day into payday all season long. I'll be taking the Saints' money line and the over on 42.5 points scored between the Saints and Falcons this Sunday. You can always play your way, though, and bet on more than just the final score. You can wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to even catches. You can also combine your bets to get a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana, permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issue is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Whew. Thank you, James. We're going to take a quick break. and we come back, Joe Dupree, Southern University's sideline reporter, is going to join us right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time is running out for you to score tickets to see the Houston Astros live in person. Go register in the Game Rewards Club to win four tickets to see Houston take on the Tampa Bay Rays Saturday, October 1st. We will even throw in a tour of the ballpark and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. This is the last Astros weekend getaway of the regular season. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Welcome back into Crunch Time with Miguez and Besh. I'm Blaine Vietar, filling in for my guy, Matt Miguez, who is out on assignment. We're efforting right now to get Joe Dupree, the sideline reporter for the Southern Jags, to talk about the historical matchup Saturday night as the Jags head over from the bluff into Tiger Stadium for the first time at HBCU school, plays the LSU Tigers. My guy T called and said, hey, campus is going to be jumping. I couldn't agree more. Plenty of good food, plenty of good tailgates. The atmosphere is going to be incredible. I really think it's going to be pretty awesome come Saturday around Tigerland. We're going to head out right now to the game hotline. It looks like we finally got Joe Dupree ready to go. All right, we're ready to get him. My guy Joe Dupree. Southern Jaguars sideline reporter and the host of the coaches show, Joe Dupree. How goes it on this Thursday afternoon, Joe? Hey, Blaine. What's going on, man? Listen, we all out in Jaguar land, of course, are getting ready for this uh, humongous game that's going to be played this weekend. For the first time in the history of the school, we'll be playing uh, our crosstown rivals, the LSU Tigers, in Tiger Stadium. I can't imagine what the atmosphere is like in Baton Rouge already. And then come Saturday, it's going to be amplified and campus is going to be jumping. What kind of atmosphere do you think tailgating is going to be like on Saturday? Well, that's really what everybody's talking about outside, of course, halftime and the game. Uh, I think it's going to be a very festive atmosphere uh, if the weather holds up. If the weather doesn't hold up, still think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to show up. 
once again, this is much bigger than the game. Uh, it's a lot more going on than just the game itself. Um, it's not the first time that Southern has played an SEC opponent. A few years back, uh, I was the SID, uh, and we played uh, Georgia. And, of course, this game we're hoping that we come out first victorious and we come out without any injuries. Uh, we're looking forward to a big game. What does this game just mean to, to not only the Baton Rouge community and, and, and also the, you know, the, the Southern program? You know, it's got to have a, a huge feel for it, you know, getting to go into Tiger Stadium and play LSU. And it, it just feels like it's much bigger than the ball game, kind of like you mentioned. Well, like I said, one of the themes is it's bigger than the game. It's a, it's a swag school, uh, HBCU, playing the crosstown rival. Uh, which is the LSU Tigers. And, and we all know that, you know, many of folks here love LSU. You know, I root for about everything Louisiana. Uh, but for the first time, uh, it's going to be um, a game that's going to have probably a lot of twists and turns to it. Uh, I actually believe that the Southern University Jaguars are going to give LSU a pretty good game. You know, of course, the Jaguar Nation travels well. Uh, people in Lafayette know that because the largest attended crowd at the Raging Cajun Stadium was when UL played Southern. No doubt about it. Jaguar Nation will show up and show out. Excited for the halftime show. Excited for the food, for tailgating. But I'm also excited for some football, Joe. And let's turn our attention to the game. Uh, you know, last week they made short work of Florida Memorial uh, it, it, to start the season 86 to nothing. Tell me a little bit about how that ball game went and the Jags just dominated in, in complete fashion. Well, I mean, to be the introduction to the new coach, which is Eric Dooley, and the Eric Dooley era. Now, Eric, uh, Coach Dooley is nowhere close to being um, not known to the Jaguar Nation for many years. He sat under uh, the famous uh, Pete Richardson. And to have now him to show up and his first game, he literally – has the second-highest-scoring game in Southern University's history. The only person who scored more points in a game is the, the named Pete Richardson, uh, which is going to be a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, we're looking very good. There's a lot of discipline in Southern. Uh, Southern is predicted to come out of the SWAC West as the SWAC West champions and play for a SWAC championship. Uh, we're looking from the quarterback play to the receiver play to the defensive play. We're looking at we're looking at a pretty solid team going up against a a let's call it what it is LSU Tigers, who a lot of folks ain't too very happy with right now. Very, very true. I'm talking right now to Joe Dupree, the sideline reporter for the Southern Jags. Uh, Joe, who's one guy on this roster that LSU fans might not know about today? But come Saturday night in Tiger Stadium, they're going to say, whew, this kid's a player. Jordan Lewis. Remember that name. <laughs> remember that name. Uh, defensively, definitely remember that name. Uh, Sims, our running back. Uh, remember that name. Southern has a plethora of, of, of good athletes. I think, uh, once again, the biggest difference when you come between some of these smaller schools and the larger schools is, of course, the depth of the bench, and, and, of course, the resources that are available. But uh, when you really look at it toe-to-toe, I think that LSU and Southern kind of match up kind of even. LSU probably has uh, more beef on their offense and defensive line, but at the skill positions, 
I think they're going toe to toe almost almost with the same same caliber of players. So uh, I think when we go into this game, Southern is going through uh, really looking for a win and expecting to win. The Jaguar Nation expects that. Uh, on the other side, the Tigers don't know how to lose. They definitely just don't know how to lose. And uh, I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a, a great game all the way from beginning to end. And uh, it might be a game that surprises some people when the night is over. Wrapping up right now with Joe Dupree, the sideline reporter for the Jaguar football team, as well as the host of the Coach Eric Dooley Show. Joe, what does Coach Dooley have to do to kind of keep this game in front of these players and not let the moment be too big? I think what Coach Dooley has done is, is told them this is just another game, and we prepare for every game the way we prepare for the game, and we prepare to go in and to give it 100% our all and to do everything we can to win. Uh, that is the game plan. That is what is taught, and the, the team buys into it. They, they have really got behind Coach Dooley and believes in what Coach Dooley is saying. So, once again, it's just another game that we have to play, and we're going to show up and try to play it to the best of our abilities. Joe, my man, I appreciate the time as always. I'll try to catch up with you on Saturday. All right, man. See you then. Peace. Joe Dupree, Southern sideline reporter and the host of the Jaguar football show with Coach Eric Dooley, telling us how Jaguar Nation is going to show up on Saturday in Baton Rouge. And let me tell you about Suda. Sub's great. I mean, you'd already seen Matt and I wear it just a week or two ago, I believe. I mean, we look great. Let's be honest. And that's just a little bit of what they have. They got fashion tuxedos and suits for all occasions. Wedding party specials, sportswear, professional service. They measure you and make you feel special. They've got three different locations. One here in Lafayette on Ambassador Caffrey. They got one in New Iberia, as well as a new one out in Lake Charles across from the mall. So go ahead and get dressed for homecoming at Suit Up. Look good, huh? Oh, you yeah. and Matt. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. We, we won't let anybody call in and talk to, about that. We're going <laughs> to head to a break real quick. And when we come back, Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com is going to join us. And we're going to talk about what LSU has to do to improve after that week one loss to Florida State. Stick right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Football season is here in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to crown you the tailgating king with our ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. You can score $500 on chopped specialty meats, a new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, and a $500 Visa gift card, tickets to LSU and Rage Cajuns games, and so much more. Enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and The Game. Welcome back into Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. I'm Blaine Vietar filling in for Matt Miguez and having a great time with you all on this Thursday afternoon as we head into another football weekend. We're going to head out quickly to the game hotline and bring on my guy, Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com to talk some LSU Tigers. Mike, how goes it on this Thursday afternoon? 
Hey, man, doing good. Just uh, ready for the weekend to get here. Um, trying to figure out what game I'm going to uh, film tomorrow night, what recruit, and then, uh, of course, uh, first home game of the LSU football season with Southern, which is a pretty historic event. I think it's going to be a great weekend on and off the field in Baton Rouge. Can't wait for all the festivities. Let's talk a little bit about the Florida State game before we push forward and, and talk about Southern. I, look, even in losses, there were some good things. What, what do you think was the best thing that this offense could build upon coming out of that loss to the Knowles? I think you build upon everything that you did in the second half, particularly the fourth quarter. I think Jaden Daniels, when I asked the question in post game, nailed it. He said, when I asked him about the tempo, and he said, well, the tempo that we played in the fourth quarter is what the coaches want from me. And so he basically said what he did in the fourth quarter is what he should have been doing in the first half. And so I think that that was probably something that they can really build upon. Obviously, losing Mason Smith was a blow. Um, but I think there's a whole lot of things that happen negatively Sunday night that can be fixed. Um, I know going into the season, I would, you know, kind of pose a question on our show, um, you know, which coordinator assistant coach is going to take the most heat, uh, week one. And of course the, the highest odds were on Denbrock, but no, it's Polian. And so Polian's had a rough go of it this week with a lot of people, uh, because of all facets of special teams, it just looked horrible. So let, let's see how quickly they can get that fixed. Let's stick with the offense just a bit. I, look, they got to get the running game going if this offense is going to have success. They they got to want to run the football and not just with the quarterback. They got to utilize the backs. You know, God Goodwin's got to get involved in the game. Got to get Noah Kane involved. What, what's it going to take to get those guys going? Well, you got to get that offensive line shored up, particularly the right side. And um, I don't know what the the final combination is going to be at some point. Um, do we see? Uh, Emory Jones quicker than than we than we think. Obviously, with him being a guy that's rolled out there for field goals and extra points, tells you that they have no, have had no intention of redshirting him. Um, so, is he a solution? Um, but you, you're right. And so, a lot of people say, "Well, the running backs weren't that good." Look, look at their stats. Well, look at the combined number of carries that they had. I mean, Armani Goodwin only had five carries. How do you get uncorked as a running back with only five carries? All it would have taken was one run for like 18 yards, and his yard per average would have been in line. Got to get these guys involved. And you mentioned the right side, you know, and, and Cam Wire. It just seems that, you know, Miles Frazier a year ago, All-American season, freshman All-American season at FIU, could they not slide him the right tackle? And then you mentioned Emory Jones. He seems like a fit at left guard right there. It, it just seems too easy from the sideline. Yeah. I, I'm kind of, you know, look, uh, I'm kind of uh, shaking my head a little bit on Frazier because, like you said, an All-American, but, you know, is that against what caliber of competition? So then you can flip that around and say, well, at the positions, at multiple positions where LSU struggled, they they took in kids from transfer portal, from mid-majors, low-majors, et cetera, um, a cornerback at McNeese, a walk-on, and so 
you wonder why there there can be is going to be some growing pains this entire football season. Not all of those transfer portal kids are going to be home runs, and so by the end of the year, which ones are you going to say are doubles? Which ones are you going to say are triples? Uh, I don't know, but uh, the verdict is still out on a lot of them. On the defensive side of the football, I mean, you, you saw it with Mason Smith go down and Ojalori being limited for a, a bit of a time. The pass rush was almost non-existent. Uh, they're going to have to send pressure from, from the second level. Uh, do, do you think that's something that they're going to be comfortable doing? It, it didn't seem that they felt like want to, to send pressure and didn't trust the defensive backfield. Yeah, and so why is that? I'm still – Mipped. It, um, you know, certainly we know what happened to Mason Smith, but Jaquel and Roy, of course, Ali Gay gets tossed. Uh, Ojalari was having a strong night, had a strong night. And, um, you know, that defensive front has a lot of highly touted, highly rated recruits. And are they going to live up to that? And so they're being coached very well. Coach Kane is a heck of a defensive line coach. Uh, now Wingo is going to get pressed in a starting duty. Let's see what he can do. Um, you know, I, I, I've wondered out loud a bit about some of these guys on LSU's defensive line being how tall they are. And sometimes having a bunch of guys over six foot five can be a detriment on a defensive line. Um, I'm looking at Florida State's defensive line while I'm standing in the back of the end zone at the end of that football game, and you want to talk about a group that did not look very impressive, but their production sure was impressive. Well, why weren't they, why did they look impressive? Well, because they were a bunch of six foot two guys, and some of your best defensive linemen of all time are in that range. It's not very often you're talking about six foot four to six foot seven defensive linemen being highly effective. Uh, pad height getting down uh, low, all that poses problems. Turn our attention to special teams, and that's going to be a clearing hole from Sunday night in the Superdome. Malik Neighbors, you know, muffed away two punts that thankfully didn't result in points for Florida State, but, whoo, boy, that's playing with fire back there. Coach Kelly says he's going to stick with the with the Lafayette native. Uh, do you think that's, uh, you know, just for show, or you think that's going to stick long-term? Man, I... I think he's being very brave. I don't think I would. Um, and I hate it for Malik because he's a great kid. And kudos to him for bouncing back and get two, get, getting two key receptions on that final drive. But, um, I mean, how, how often is he going to be back there to receive punts pr- saying, please, God, please, God, don't drop it, you know? Once that gets in your head and messes with your psyche, uh, I don't know that that's a good thing. Couldn't have said it better. Great kid, too. Productive player. He, he has a lot of good football ahead of him in purple and gold. Uh, let's turn our attention to the Southern Jags this week. And it, it should be academic, right? So it should be a game that you could work on some things and, and really iron out some kinks. You usually see the most improvement from week one to week two in a football season. What, I mean, look, the, the score doesn't matter. We, we want to see some, some different things. What are those things that you want to see that, that you're going to really come away from Saturday feeling good when you leave Death Valley? I just think discipline, execution, uh, sense of urgency, uh, tempo, uh, taking care of business on the scoreboard so you're up big at halftime 
and then possibly getting a full third quarter or maybe a third quarter and a half with Garrett Nussmeyer and then being able to see Walker Howard for a half a quarter in the fourth or maybe the entire fourth quarter. Um, I, I would like to see that. So um, Walker Howard can play four games and keep his red shirt, and uh, hopefully we, we, we get to see him. I know a lot of your audience would like to see that. So, um, But, you know, then we're, we're, we're not far around the corner from seeing John Emery back. And, of course, you want to come out of the thing with uh, no new injuries. And, you know, it's one of these deals where we were bragging about how crazy it was that LSU came out of August with so few injuries. And then Mason Smith with a freak injury. I mean, that, that, that's just uh, – I mean, your heart breaks for that kid. Yes. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'm down on the field in pregame, and I see Quincy Wiggins uh, with his foot in the boot. Uh, but then I see him the next day after I leave Kelly out of the locker room, and he's walking down the sidewalk on his way to class. And he says, oh, man, my foot feels good. I think I might be able to play this weekend. So uh, we'll, we'll see if that comes to fruition. Maybe – Maybe his thoughts on where he's at is going to be much different than the team doctors. Talking about folks that uh, our audience want to hear about, Kayshawn Butte, all upset, didn't get involved in the game plan, dropped footballs. It, it seemed all out of sorts. Is this a game that they could really use as a confidence booster to get Kayshawn back engaged and back involved in the offense? I think so, and he he needs to show that he's going to put that Eeyore routine to the side. Um, uh there's a whole lot of players on the offensive side of the ball who were upset or would have liked more touches of the football. You didn't see them all acting like that. Uh, this this young man's got everything handed to him, and he's a, an exceptional uh, prospect and, and a lot of people think could be a top-five pick or top-ten NFL draft pick. Um, but if that's going to continue – uh, I don't know what Brian Kelly should do. I, I've got some thoughts on it. But, um, you know, you inherit a, a bad situation, and the last thing you, you can do if you're Brian Kelly is to let uh, things fester uh, and cause you problems in the locker room. So um, I think, you know, I, I've told the story several times this week. On the way to uh, Kelly uh, on Monday, um, on Tuesday, excuse me, I see a Kayshawn uh, Boutte billboard right in front of McKernan's place on, on I-10 going west. And on the way back to the office, I-10 east, there's another Kayshawn Boutte billboard. Big NIL dollars. He's the guy, uh, the All-American. And um, I, I don't know what he, why he's got these attitudes and, and whatnot, but it needs to stop. Wrapping up right now with Mike Scarborough from TigerBait.com on the game hotline. Mike, three losses in a row to start the season for LSU. What's the difference in the vibe in that ops building this year versus the last two with Ed Ogeron? Well, I mean, look, I don't know what it's like this week, but I mean, certainly winning cures everything. I mean, I don't know that Southern's going to do anything to have you bounce back. Certainly the, the thing that happened with Leah Van on Tuesday – it's very similar to the him talking with a southern accent. Nothing that any of us seized on. Uh, guys like you at radio shows, me with websites, Twitter. None of us talked about that. It didn't even phase us. It didn't even register with us. But the national media seized on that. Well, they seized on that uh, on Tuesday. Um, 
as well. And so all of a sudden they, they say that the media has turned on him. Well, I was two rows uh, right behind uh, Leah Van when that happened. And I can tell you, everybody, everybody around me was like, man, what's her deal? You know? And so it, her coming in with a, with, a, with, a, with a smart quip like that is, you know, for the rich Eisens and, and, and so forth of the world to, to seize upon. And I think it's because, you know, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, as much as they can, the old adage, you can build somebody up, but they can tear you down twice as fast. I, I guess that's a part of it. Uh, but look, he needs to beat Mississippi State. That that is a must win, I think. If 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 he's going to get to that eight and four realm, you you've got to get immediately in the win column against an SEC opponent when, when you got a chance at home. Mike, I appreciate the time. I hope you have a great week. We'll catch up real soon. All right, man. Talk soon. Thanks, Mike Scarborough, TigerBeat.com, joining us. We're going to head on to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to wrap it all up right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The start of the NFL season is here, and the best place to practice your touchdown dance is on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel is kicking off week one with a no-sweat bet for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a new customer or you already have an account. You'll get free bets back if you don't win. Just log in and see for yourself. My no-sweat bet is for the Saints to score at least two and a half touchdowns in their matchup against the Falcons. Or you can go out and get a same-game parlay for a chance at a bigger payout with a small bet. If you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, just sign up using promo code KLWB to get started. That's promo code KLWB. Either way, celebrate the return of football season with a no-sweat bet during week one. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. Refund issue is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after the receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Welcome back into the last time on Crunch Time with Miguez and Besh on this wonderful Thursday afternoon. We've been having a great time with you, and the great times are going to continue. Tonight, right here on the game, we have the big matchup, the NFL season opener. The Buffalo Bills travel to take on the defending Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams. Have all the action right here on the game tonight. And of course, if you want to hit the high school ranks, you can head on over to our guys for Southside at Mustang 107.1 and the St. Landry Game of the Week on 98.5. I want to thank everybody who joined us today. We've had such a good time. I want to thank my guy, Rhett Manuel, who joined us to talk prep football from the Acadiana Advocate. I want to thank Joe Dupree, Southern South Sideline reporter, who joined us and talked all things LSU Southern, getting ready for the big matchup Saturday night. And, of course, Mike Scarborough for joining us just on the other side of the break where we talked about the LSU Tigers and moving forward this season. I want to thank you, Acadiana, for listening, especially T for calling, and thank my guy, James Mesh, for holding it down behind the glass. I'll be back soon, guys. Y'all have a great Thursday night right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.